Welcome, welcome, and welcome, everybody, to the show. I am your wonderful and exciting host, Rob Zakari. This is the Rob Zakari Show. And it is our last show until uh, next Tuesday. I know, I know, some of you are very distraught about this, but uh, we're off tomorrow, of course. We're off Saturday, uh, then we're off Sunday, and then we are taking Monday off. But we will return Tuesday, okay? Tuesday. So mark that in your calendar that we will be back Tuesday at 7, oh, I don't know, what is it, oh, 04 p.m.? However, whatever uh, time the bumper, the thing, and the beginning of the show, the thing, and there, and boom, and then we're on at 7.06 or 7.0, whatever, but Tuesday, we are back, so put that on your calendar, we'll be off tomorrow, of course, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all right, so what happened today, all right, what, what new update? Do we got for today? We got a lot of things. I got a a, a, a a pad here. I got a whole pad of information, and then of course I have uh, some football picks. Those of you, <laughs> those of you who like to gamble, I got some football picks. Let me throw some football picks. Uh, Washington, Chicago over forty six. That is a best bet. Arizona, Seattle, over 43. That is a best bet. Cincinnati, Houston, under 41. That is a best bet. And Detroit, Dallas, under 44 and a half. That is a best bet. Those are totals. Now, we have a strong opinion, okay? It's not a best bet. They're just strong opinions. And that is the Giants and Phil game that is going on right now in under 41 and a half. Now, I think that's going to lose, but I'm just throwing this at you. This, this, yesterday, we had a little non-political segment on the show. The day before, we had a little non-political segment on the show. And now we're having a little non-political segment. We're doing sports picks. The other strong opinion total was Tampa Bay, New Orleans over 52. Also, New York Jets, New England Patriots under 43 and a half, and San Diego and Cleveland over 43 and a half. So those are the over-under best bets and strong opinion totals. Now, for the games, best bets, Dolphins plus the three and a half, Falcons minus two, and the Bengals plus one and a half, and strong opinions. Steelers, minus the four and a half, and the Packers, minus six and a half. So there you go. Those are the picks. These are the picks. These are from Dr. Bob. (laughs) I got a friend who gives me these picks. They subscribe to Dr. Bob's sports picks. So I give them free. I'm giving to you. Last week, Dr. Bob went eight for four. I don't know what he's going to do this week, although the Giants and Phillies uh, 
So there you go. There's our non-political moment. All right. The tolerant left, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the tolerant left. And not just any tolerant left, but the homosexual tolerant left. So it's a, a double. It's, it's a double tolerant shot in the arm. Okay? Because you have the left, and of course the left is uh, tolerant, you know, of all opinions and all ideas, and they're just, you know, let's have some chai latte, let's work it out. But a gay, a gay on the left, oh, they're supposed to be the most tolerant of all tolerant. Okay, well, they were harassing, and I'm sure, well, I don't know if for sure you know this, but Ivanka Trump uh, was on an airplane. I will ask this question. Why was Ivanka and Jared on a commercial flight? <laughs> I, I got I to gotta say that first. Seems a little weird, but they were. But they were. We're on a commercial fleet, JetBlue, and their kids. Why was there not a private jet? I mean, hey, it's kind of cool that um, the president-elect's daughter, who happens to be pretty rich, along with her husband, Jared, who was rich before he got into the Trump family, for them to be flying commercial, I, I, I'll admit it's kind of cool. I don't think you'd ever see uh, Chelsea Clinton flying a commercial flight. I'm pretty sure you would never, ever see Chelsea Clinton sitting amongst the common folk on a flight. But, Neither here, neither there. Ivanka was on a JetBlue flight with Jared and her kids, and they were harassed by two militant homosexual men to the point where JetBlue kicked these two guys off the plane. Now, I can't even fathom. I, I literally can't even fathom the Obama girls being on an airplane and having presumably Trump supporters screaming at them. Or talking forcefully to them. Or having people post Ivanka and Jared, but substitute that Malika and Sasha are at JFK T5, flying commercial. My husband is chasing them down to harass them. 
Just imagine that. Rachel Maddow, Lawrence O'Donnell. First off, every single program on MSNBC would be doing a story about Trump supporters harassing Malika and Sasha on an airplane. I mean, remember when somebody took pictures of, I think, Malika? I think that's the, I I may even have the name wrong, but remember when somebody took pictures of her at, like, Coachella or, I don't know, some other park playing beer pong? And the media was outraged that anybody would post it, anybody would talk about it, how dare they question the first uh, families, uh, you know, uh, what they're doing. Oh, man. I mean, it was just, uh, how dare, it was unhinged. The left was unhinged. And that wasn't anything necessarily malicious. It was like, oh, look, there's a picture of Malia playing beer pong. Oh, isn't that cute? How dare you? Oh, my God. Remember when a few people on the right criticized the whole, uh, I think it was the turkey pardoning um, clothing. Remember like two years ago, I think it was the turkey pardoning. I don't know, the, the kids were somewhere and they were dressed a certain way and a couple people on the right, stories about it, made some comments, and the left lost their mind. I mean, it was, oh my God, DEFCON 5. Literally, DEFCON 5. And here we have two guys. Planning their attack. Planning their attack. Ivanka and Jared at JFK T5 flying commercial. My husband's chasing them down to harass them. Hashtag. Bounty of evil. Ivanka and Jared are on our flight. My husband expressed displeasure in a calm tone, overheard, and they kicked us off the plane. Ivanka, just before JetBlue, kicked us off our flight when a flight attendant overheard my husband expressing displeasure about flying with the Trumps. Just substitute the Obama girls, substitute a Trump causing a ruckus on an airplane saying, I don't want to fly on the same plane as Malika and Sasha. Oh, forget about it. Right now, the left would be unhinged. I mean, they would be unhinged. 
guy's yelling, your father's ruining the country. Why is she on our flight? She should be flying a private plane. This is the tolerant left. This is the tolerant homosexual left. This is the tolerant homosexual left. You know them. We just want we just want to be treated like everybody else and we just we why won't anybody just accept us? You know why would it Get off our plane. Get up. Your ru- your father's ruining the country. I'm yep. This is the same group. We just we just want to be accepted. We just want people to be tolerant of us. We just want people to, to, to accept us. If we want to fight and die in the military, they should accept us. And why can't this country be more tolerant? <laughs> My husband chasing Ivanka and Jared down to harass them. Amazing. It's just amazing. Just amazing. This is the tolerant left. This is the tolerant left. Remember before the election? How could Donald Trump, how can he not say he would accept the result? How can he maybe, what is wrong with this man? He must accept the election. He must. How can he say that the election is how can he say it's rigged there's no rigging involved there's no and then after the election the system is rigged the russians hacked it everything's not fair we won't accept this election we just won't the tolerant left the tolerant left the to- you you can't even you can't even fly an air you can't even fly on an airplane why are they on our plane? Get up our plane. I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. It's mind-blowing. And like I said, if this was Malia and Sasha, oh, Jesus Christ. It'd be all about racism how dare these Trump supporters do that? They're only doing it because the girls are black. That, that, that's what it would be all about. How could these, these, these Trump supporters act in such a, 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 a disgusting manner? These people are dis- But when the left does it, it's like, ha ah, isn't that so funny? And one of these guys is a professor. One of these guys is a teacher. How's that for irony? For just like, what? 
You mean one of the guys is 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 a teacher? Like one of these guys teaches kids, young adults? Are, are you are you are you are you are you kidding me? I mean that that makes it even that makes it even more bizarre outrageous disgusting I mean, seriously <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, and then of course these tweets. The guy deleted the account. One guy was a brook. The one guy is a lawyer, and the other guy taught at Hunter College. So these are. Again, I presume educated individuals. I got to imagine you can't be a complete retard to be a college professor. I got to imagine you can't be a complete retard to be a lawyer. And here's these guys uh, harassing Ivanka Trump. Your father's going to ruin this country. Saying how they're, they're, they're not happy to fly with the Trump. These, these are educated people. These are supposed to be tolerant homosexuals of the left. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. And again, you're not going to hear anything about this by the CNNs, by the MSNBCs. I mean, Ivanka's got her little kids in her hand. Her, Her little children are with her. And they're getting yelled at. (laughs) In JetBlue's statement reads, if the crew determines that a customer is causing conflict on the aircraft, the customer will be asked to deplane, especially if the crew feels the situation runs the risk of escalation during a flight. In this instance, our team worked to reaccommodate the party on the next available flight. And the two tolerant liberals said, no, we were talking in a calm voice. But by all accounts, 
It wasn't a calm voice. Guy was yelling at Ivanka. And obviously, this Matthew Lasner knew he did something wrong. He knew there would be some type of consequences, considering that he removed the tweets. He removed the tweets of Ivanka and Jared at JFK T5 flying commercial. My husband's chasing them down to harass them. Apparently, Matthew Lasner kind of realized that what he did was wrong. That sure, in their tolerant liberal world, people will applaud him. Yeah, you get him. Yeah. But it must have dawned on him that even moderates that are on the left might go, oh, God. You know, kind of makes us look a little crazy. You're, you're like screaming at a daughter and she's got the kids with. I mean, come on. It's not a way to invoke change. You're acting like a, well, you're acting like a little bitch. I mean, it is what it is. So there's your tolerant left. There's your tolerant left. Again, just imagine that being of the right and somebody yelling at Malika and Sasha and just exactly what would happen. I mean, (laughs) it it, it would not be good. All right, it would not be good. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about Obama. I want to talk about Jews. And I want to ask the question, why does Obama hate Jews? So think about it. Be right back. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the beginning I just wanna make America 
not American, people freak out. Instantly they say you're a racist, you're a, I mean, they, the worst words that you could possibly think of to describe somebody who upsets you, who says something that you find offensive. Now, when somebody accuses somebody of something, somebody says, I think you're a liar. I think you're a pig. I think you're a miscreant. All of those things are backed up by somebody's interactions, by somebody else's actions. Now, sure, people will say things without interacting, without any actions, without knowing the person. And that's wrong. But if you're dealing with somebody, and time after time after time, they give you false information. Not once, not twice, not three times, 10, 20, 30 times. In the span of weeks, months, years. If somebody asks you about that person, or a conversation should come up about that person, And the opinion is asked of you, you then can honestly say, I think that person is a liar. And now let me explain to you why I have arrived to that opinion. And then they lay out all the instances. Now, throughout the eight years that Obama has been president, there has been nothing but hostility shown toward Israel and a favoritism toward Arab countries. Fact. That's a fact. You know, as we're talking about Russian hacks and Vladimir Putin and Russia interfering into the 2016 election and it's unprecedented. Well, it's a fact that Obama and people associated with Obama contributed to a political action group that was challenging Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. That's a fact. Now, of course, MSNBC is not going to cover that, or Hacktapper is not going to cover that, but it happened. 
It happened. Obama has practically gone out of his way to make life difficult for Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel as a whole. Remember during uh, the last uh, Palestinian dust-up And the Obama people basically shut down travel to Israel. Remember that? I mean, sure, it only lasted for a day or two. But it was something that was unprecedented. That type of maneuvering. talking about settlements and basically siding with the Palestinians over Israel is something that's not a friend to Israel. And when a resolution by the Arab world which basically says Israel must stop all building in territories and in East Jerusalem and all nations of the world to distinguish in their relevant dealings between the territory of the state of Israel and the territories occupied since 1967, and that the settlements have no legal validity and are in a flagrant violation of international law. And the rumor was Obama was going to let that be voted on. Let that become a resolution that handcuffs Israel. 30 days before he's out of office, a little parting shot to the Israeli people and Benjamin Netanyahu. Something that would be un precedented tie Israel resolution so the question is why does Obama hold such animosity Against Jews.
And why does he hold the Arab community in such a high esteem? And in turn, when somebody goes, I think uh, Obama's an Arab. I think there's, there's some link to Arab culture. I think there's some type of sympathy. Why is that person a crackpot? Why is that person racist? And I've only laid out a few examples. I think these examples are pretty big. And let's not forget the whole Benjamin Netanyahu speaking to a joint members of Congress. Remember that? Remember that controversy? So if you have just these situations... Not counting the last, what, seven years? Two-state solution this, settlements that. What the hell has the Obama administration done as it pertains to Israel and the Palestinians for the last seven years, seven and a half years? Except strengthen... Arab community. Remember the apology tour? Remember Obama apologizing to the Arab world? And look at what's going on in our own country as far as these attacks. Why do these attacks happen? Because you're not allowed to question Arabs. You're not allowed to question Anybody from a Arab country that breeds terrorism because you're Islamophobic. You've got all these hoaxes, all these Arabs coming out saying, oh, uh, Donald Trump supporters beat me up. Oh, uh, all these angry white people, they're beating me up. Then it turns out to be fake. Obama's emboldened these people. Obama has emboldened various groups to be able to lie, to get away with lying. And say, oh, well, this happened to me. And at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't matter if it was fake or not because the ends justify the means. Sure, this was fake, but these other ones aren't fake. So in turn, we're shining light on a situation. This is all Obama's creation. So when somebody says, I don't know. Why is it that Obama favors Arabs in the Arab world more than Israel? 
what what's his his infatuation with the Arab world? What's his infatuation with going against Israel? When the Israelis have to call Trump, and then Trump has to call Egypt and say, listen, you, you, you can't do this resolution, all right? Can't do it. You got you to pull it back. We, we understand what's going to happen, but you're going to do something to appease a president who has 30 days left. And in turn, I, President Trump, am going to be in office for the next four years, and you're going to have to deal with me. And four years, and dealing with somebody for four years is a lot more impactful than appeasing somebody with 30 days left. Now, I don't know if that's what he said. Who knows? But something was said for the resolution to get pulled back. And a lot of extreme things went down. And what I mean by that is for Israel and the Israeli higher-ups to reach out to Trump's higher-ups, rather it's Kushner or Bannon. And then for them to talk and for them to negotiate, and then in turn, a call has to be placed to Egypt. There must have been a strong sense that Obama going to let the resolution go through as a parting FU to Netanyahu and anybody that supports Israel. That's what I mean by extreme. Now again, We'll see how long this resolution gets shelved. I think it could be shelved forever. I think it could be shelved forever. Because like I said, Egypt's got to deal with Trump for four years. These countries got to deal with Trump. So this happened today. And what's wild, man. And again, I, I, I don't even understand. You know, this might be controversial. I get it. But let me throw this out there. Hollywood is dominated by Jews. It's not anti-Semitic. 
it's 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 fact. Okay, it's fact. Hollywood and the media is dominated by Jews, and yet Democrats, Hollywood, and the media support. despise Israel. Republicans are the party that go to the pits of hell. They fight tooth and nail for Israel, for Jews. And yet, The media and Hollywood, hand in hand, despises Republicans and is in love with Democrats. Baffling to me. Now, get the aspect of American Jews saying, well, we're different than Israeli Jews. We think differently. We we act differently. And without giving a legitimate, logical reason, besides, well, we're just different. We think different. It is unbelievably effed up for the media in Hollywood to not support Republicans. To support a resolution that basically gives people a way and when I mean people, countries, to not do business with Israel. I mean, that's just wild, man. That's just wild. Absolutely wild. More wild than that. CNN, and you got to listen to a little of this language, and this is the type of stuff that I, I, I mean. They run an article, okay? So they run an article that talks about what Trump did. And the article, I, I, I kid you not, the article... Is written by a Palestinian, or at least a Palestinian supporter. And the headline is, Trump steering Israel toward diplomatic disaster by Zaha Hassan. Like I said, here you have CNN. 
The boss of CNN is a Jew. The majority of the executives involved at CNN and Time Warner are Jews. And here they do a piece where this Zaha Hassan is taking a dump all over Jews. Anyone interested in just a, 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 a just and durable resolution the Palestinian-Israel conflict should be disturbed watching Donald Trump's transition unfold as Israeli military occupation over Palestinian land enters its 50th year. Just that sentence is controversial. Because for every Sahar Hassan that calls it a military occupation, there's two, three, four times the amount of people that will say what she's saying is complete BS. And the fact that CNN would push this is mind-blowing. And if you say, well, come on, they're, they're, they're news. You don't want to stop. Okay, fine. Well, why is there not a counter to Saha Hassan? Why isn't there a counter? So when she says Israeli military occupation, there's a counterpiece that says it's not a Israeli occupation. It's Israeli land. Like I said, when the hell did American Jews become so hostile against their own people? I get it. Hollywood's always been for Democrats. They've always been for the liberal elites. But when did the liberal elites, or at least the ones that are in power, become so hostile against Israel? And look at them like a bunch of occupiers. And equating them to South Africa apartheid. When did this happen? You, I mean, seriously, you, that's how Spielberg and Katzenberg, Eisman. I, I mean, just go through the, the, the heavyweights of Hollywood, the heavyweights. I'm talking heavyweights. Guys that own... The conglomerates, the Disney. When did they come to the opinion that Israel are a bunch of occupiers and they are no different than South African apartheid? And if that's not their feelings, 
why are they aligned with a party that feels that way? Donald Trump has nominated David Friedman, a right-wing sponsor of Israelis' illegal settlement enterprise, to serve as U.S. ambassador to Israel. Now, remember, this woman, okay, Zaha Hassan, is a human rights attorney and Middle East fellow at New America. During Palestinians' bid for UN membership and uh, quartet-sponsored talks between 2010 and 2012, she was the coordinator and legal advisor to the Palestinian negotiating team. This, this is a CNN piece. No piece from the other side. A CNN piece where... Zahan Hassan is basically saying Israel are a bunch of terrorists. And this is the policy of Obama and the Obama administration. And here's Hollywood taking a dump all over Trump, all over Republicans. Embracing Democrats, and yet Democrats support boycotting Israel and equating them to apartheid in South Africa. Just mind-boggling. Friedman, a bankruptcy lawyer with no relevant experience. Relevant experience in what? In what? Zaha? Hassan? Relevant experience in what? Friedman, a bankruptcy lawyer with no relevant experience, is the president of a U.S. fundraising arm for BetEI a stunt built on occupied Palestinian land in the West Bank. His extremist record includes calling President Obama an anti-Semite. Okay. Well, Obama's policies and Obama's attitude toward Israel would classify it as anti-Semitic. And labeling American Jews who criticize Israelis' military occupation, kepos, a term used for Nazi collaborators. Okay. Well, if you're a Jew in America, and you look at Israel, and you look at the Israeli army, and you agree with someone like, Zaha Hassan as basically calling the Israeli army and Israeli terrorists occupiers and no different than South African apartheid, then yeah, you are just like the Jews in Nazi Germany 
that help run the death camps. Yeah. Marching your brothers and sisters in the ovens and in the gas chambers. Yeah. Sorry, Zaha Hassan. And since CNN, for whatever reason, doesn't have a rebuttal to your garbage, I have to sit here and do it for them. At a time when bold U.S. leadership is required to stop the Israelis from flying off a cliff and destroying any chance of peace, Friedman is the exact opposite of who we need in a diplomatic position. Both Trump and Friedman have promised to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Has already been approved for something like 20 years. It should have already been done. It was approved under Clinton. It was approved under Bush. And it was approved under Obama. These presidents haven't done it. If Trump and Friedman do this, they will recognize Israeli Israeli sovereignty over the city. At best, in one fell swoop, Friedman would serve to normalize the acquisition of territory by force. At worst, such reckless disregard for international law and the highly sensitive issue involved could egg on a diplomatic Armageddon. Remember, you're talking about Palestinians. You're talking about, ultimately, terrorists. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And we're talking about Zaha Hassan. A terrorist sympathizer. That's what I call her. Both Trump and Friedman, or I should say, uh, Friedman is simply the latest in a string of indications underlining the president-elect's intention to dismantle U.S. policy going back to Carter administration, acknowledging that Israeli settlement construction in the occupied Palestinian territories violates the Fourth Geneva Convention, which states that an occupying power cannot transfer parts of its own civilian population into territory it occupies. Through Secretary of State John Kerry said recently that the same informed that the failure of peace talks is largely attributed to Israelis' continued settlement construction. Trump has said he thought more settlements, not less, should be built in the occupied West Bank, including East Jerusalem. That wasn't just campaign bluster. Trump reportedly donated 10000 to Friedman Settlement Fund well before his run for the presidency. Friedman shares Israelis' vision of a state where a Jewish majority is maintained at all costs. The potential future for America's Israeli policy shaped by Friedman is indeed grim, prompting the international community to speculate about what Obama could do before leaving office to preserve the two-state solution, which is what happened tonight. The rumor that Obama was going to let this resolution go through. 
when <laughs> did the left become so hostile to Israel? I mean, think about Iran. The mantra is wiping Israel off the face of this earth. And what do we do? We reward Iran. We reward Iran with millions of dollars and see people operate and develop nuclear weapons because ultimately what's going to happen all Obama did with Iran was what he did he told everybody a whole bunch of shit he just lied to everybody knowing the jig wouldn't be up until he was about a month from getting out of office. The assault weapons ban, same thing. Clinton signing an assault weapons ban that lasts for, what, 10 years? And then once the 10 years expire, it's over, done. Obamacare didn't unravel. They're not supposed to do what they were doing, which was developing facilities to create nuclear weapons. In 10 years, they will be allowed at facilities the history of this president. Look what we have. Say, ah, no, that's oh, just get over. Look at Obamacare. Look at this this issue in the Middle East. Strongest, our closest, our best in that region is Israel. They should be. Sidelines. If we gave them the green they would up Iran. Fire. It's right. The. And I'm
Find out, oh yeah, we knew about him. Yeah, we we, we knew about him. Uh, yeah, we, he was in our database to, to not get on an airplane. Wow. So, not only was he on the Italian radar, meaning he was in a prison, he got out, had a record roaming around Europe. People are like, hmm, why does he want a gun? Hmm, why does he want to come into this uh, country? Hmm. Hey, United States, 
We got this guy. His name's Anis Amari. Uh, we need you to put him on a no-fly list. We think he's kind of bad. Oh, okay, cool. All of that. And yet, he gets his hand on a truck. Well, he stabs the operator of the truck, kills him, then grabs the truck, and then drives it through a Christmas celebration. And then I found out that at that Christmas celebration today, Germany has constructed barricades, concrete barricades, so that can't happen again. Like we said at the beginning of the week, that should have already been done. No one attacked us here in Glendale, California, but there was a car show six months ago, and they had barricades set up with Utility trucks. Glendale Water and Power have these five-ton trucks, or whatever tonnage they are. But they got the buckets on them. And they can rise up to the power lines and adjust. There's a car show here. Okay? There's a car show. And local authorities had these trucks as barricades. And that's the Glendale police. That's the city of Glendale. That was six months ago. Why Brazil? Brazil. Why? (laughs) Why Germany? Thinking Benelux over here. Why Germany? After a terrorist runs a bunch of people over, do they decide to put up barricades at that location? So all of this is coming out again, slowly. Who's the guy? Oh, well, he's, uh, you know, we're not real sure. Okay, bump. Next day goes by. Oh, well. Uh, he uh, w- was a, uh, you know, a migrant. Okay, well then, then we found. Oh well, he was in prison in uh, Italy, and then we found. Oh, he was trying to buy guns. He was on the radar. He was known to be associating with terrorists. So he was on a U.S. no-fly list. So, so what? Doing? What is he doing? Out and about. You know, I heard somebody. I'm one of the shows go, see, that's the problem we have. Germany has it. We have it. You can't arrest these people talking about what they want to do. And you can't put them on surveillance. What? What are you Wait a minute. Stop. Just stop. Time out. Time out. Okay. Time out. In the United States of America, a woman can go to the police and file a police report 
that says an individual can't come 500 feet of them or an individual can't call them on the phone. You can have somebody arrested for making threats. Bitch, I'm going to cut. Well, if you're somebody that is sitting around going, I hate America. I, I, I want to I wanna blow up the, the country. I want to do the, the. Yes, you can be arrested. Yes. If you're going to mosques and you're going to events where people are speaking about the destruction of the country and the annihilation of different groups, yes, you should be arrested. End of story. Okay? End of story. This Anis Amari was not only on the radar, but he was on a U.S. no-fly list. He was on a U.S. no-fly list. Now, now, I want you guys to think about this, okay? I want you guys to think about this. Because to me, this is pretty, it's troubling. But think about this. Okay. Before the guy attacked the Christmas celebration, okay? Take it back a few weeks. Anis Amari was not wanted. He, He wasn't wanted. He was on the radar. Okay? He was on he was on the radar. He was a former criminal who was let out of prison. He's somebody that surveillance uh, teams had intercepted messages of individuals that talked to individuals that involved Anise Hamari talking about some terroristy stuff. He had attended some mosques that were known to be discussing terroristy stuff. But ultimately, none of this troubled anybody enough to arrest Anis Amari. Or even put him under surveillance. Okay. Now, if he came to the United States, remember, technically, he was just somebody that was of interest. He didn't break the law, or they would have been able to arrest him. We're being told he was not arrested because he didn't break any laws. 
Okay. If he came to this country should he have to check into a database? Should he be under some type of surveillance? Or no? That's wrong. Should he put into a database? Remember, the, 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 the big question is the registry. And everybody seems to think that this registry thing was made up by Trump. But it's not. It's something that we've had since 9-11. And that is anybody who comes to this country from a terrorist hotbed. So... Pakistan, um, Yemen. It's like a whole list. Those people would have to register. They would get fingerprinted and have to check in with a type of immigration official. Now, that is something that we have had enacted for the last 10, 11 years. Do you think Anis Amari, if he came to this country, remember, remember, he didn't do anything wrong before he drove that truck into those people. He was just somebody who was at mosques that were radical, tried to purchase a gun. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. The things that he did in Europe were not illegal or he would have been arrested. So, should that person came to the United States of America, should that person have to register? You know, we're constantly talking about, uh, you know, these, these these poor Arabs, these 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 poor 
<sighs> Muslim women that are attacked on the subway by Trump supporters. Hoax. But when we talk about these registries, okay, we somehow paint the picture of these 14-year-old girls that fled Aleppo, and they're the one. And that's not the case. We're talking about people like Anis Amari. Because remember, the whole entry-exit registration system had parameters. And again, I go back to the question at hand. Should Anis Amari be tracked? If he came to the United States of America, should he be tracked? So now in our first segment, we were talking about how the left despises, talked about Obama and how some people look to him and go, why does he hate you know, why is he not a friend of Israel? Is he an Arab? Now, what Obama announced today was they were ending the National Security Entry-Exit Registration System. Now remember, that was in place after 9-11. And in 2011, Obama suspended it. It was operational in 2008 when he became president. 2009, 2010, and they suspended it 2011. A lot of this stuff Obama has done is basically the second term. Just like when you hear people go, if this president is not hard against immigration, why is it that he has deported more people? Time out. He deported a lot of people in his first term. His second term, not so much. Not so much. Okay. Obamacare went to shit second term. Obama wasn't going to get hit with a 9-11 style attack in a way, or was it going to be perceived as weak on terror? Remember, who's going to take the 3 a.m. phone call? This freshman senator, inexperienced, has no idea what he's doing. So he's not going to announce, oh, by the way, I'm doing away with the National Security Entry-Exit Registration System. And especially when people were going Barack Hussein Obama. 
Oh, look at that picture of him wearing the Arab gear. This guy's got to be a Muslim. This guy's got to be from wherever. Oh, look at his book. He's talking about the sweetest sound is the madrasa, the church bells, or whatever the hell he's talking about in his book. Praying, Allah. Is it going to do away with the program? Going to wait. So in 2011, mantling it. And he's telling Israel, F you, I'm going to basically make what you're doing for a settlement. I'm going to make it where countries can not fit with it. I'm unprecedented. That's 30 days before he's out of office. And then, instead of keeping the National Security Entry Exit Registration System in suspension, he's going to dismantle it. So he's basically going to take a hammer and destroy it. So if Trump wants to take it from suspended and activate it, he can't. Or at least it will take a little bit more work than just kind of flipping a switch. I mean, what's this guy doing to this country? Look what's going on in the Middle East. You got Iran, Russia, and Syria whacking up all of the Middle East except for Israel. But the deal and the resolution that almost was passed basically with sanctions wipes Israel the map. I mean, what's this guy doing? It's frightening. I mean, it really is. We have no footprint. In the Middle East whatsoever. I mean, people talk about, oh, Trump and Russia and Putin. Nobody has made Russia and Vladimir Putin stronger than Obama has in the last eight years. You know, I watched this Rachel Maddow uh, episode, and I don't know if it was to somehow bury Trump 
or Rex Tillerson. But if anything, it bolstered exactly what I just said about Obama creating Putin. And it talked about how Putin is something like the third wealthiest individuals on the planet and how he didn't start that way. And with all of these skims and scams and dealings and oligarchy and blah, 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 he's now worth $80 billion. Well, that didn't just happen. Obama's been president for almost eight years. This all has transpired under Obama's watch. When you see a magazine, whether it's Time or one of these other liberal rags, and they rank Putin, I don't know, the third most influential person in the mar- or in the world, second most powerful. He wasn't like that two years ago. He wasn't like that three years ago. He wasn't like that four years ago. Five, six, seven. Putin is where he is today. Because of Obama. People go, oh, that's Trump. And he, Trump. Trump's just dealing with the cards that he's being dealt. And the cards that he's being dealt are the fact that right now, Russia and Vladimir Putin are extremely powerful and has their tentacles all over the world. They are not a Soviet Union Mikhail Gorbachev Russia tree that has a mile and a half bread line. People waiting for bread, food. They don't have that. That's not what they have. They're not the country. They're not the country. During Bush's presidency, Putin and Russia are the strongest and most powerful they've ever been, at least in our modern history. That's not Trump's fault. That's Hillary Clinton's fault. That's John Kerry's fault. It's not Trump. What the hell is Trump? Trump is dealing with that fact. Got a bunch of cards, and he's like, okay, so now you got Iran... And a deal that is the sweetest deal of deals. I I mean, it is the deal of the century. 
You got Russia. You got Assad. I mean, you know, you, you, you've got a region now that is what it is. Not because of me. I mean, look at that region. Regardless if you agreed with the Iraq war or didn't agree with it. Look at the Middle East from the end of Bush. Look at Russia from the end of Bush. Just look at all of that. Iran, Yemen, Pakistan. Look at all that. Look at all of that. Saying everything was tranquil and everything was perfect. And Russia did give a little push. They, they did do a little invading back then. Not saying everything was rosy and peachy and awesome, but 08, 07, and look at 2016, 2017. Look at Pakistan today and look at Pakistan eight years ago. Look at Afghanistan today. Look at Afghanistan eight years ago. Look at Russia today. Look at Russia eight years ago. Look at Iran today. Look at Iran eight years ago. Yemen. Libya. Libya, for Christ's sakes. The entire region today is a better place than it was eight years ago. Don't tell me Russia. Is somehow weaker, poorer, less emboldened than they were eight years ago. Egypt. People that are keeping it stable, at least in somewhat, is Russia. Here's Obama. Trying to bury Israel in his last 30 days. Doing away with the National Security Entry Asset Registration System so we can't track people on authority. We can't track people through Saik's wife. The mail. Bride that he went and, and picked up from Pakistan slash Saudi Arabia. We can't put these people on a radar anywhere. That's insane. Why would a president do that? Why would a president do that? Frightening. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari. She'll be right back after these words. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alaska. We love our cops a lot. 
listening to us on the East Coast, if you're listening to us on the uh, Central Coast, which is, uh, I consider Texas the Central Coast. So if you're checking us out there, it's uh, not quite 12, it's 11. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Rob Zakari Show on Facebook, you can follow us on um iTunes. <laughs> I had to think for a second. I was like, what? iTunes. You follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. Rob Zakari Show on uh, Twitter. You can get us on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can get us on um, what else? Uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Um, iHeartRadio. I oh Spreaker, my bad. Spreaker, that's the other, um, the other uh, way you can listen to us. So go to those places. You can listen to us live. You can listen to us uh, uh, on on uh, the, the the podcast thingy, whatever the hell you call it. You can do it there. Just just go listen. Um, you'll enjoy it. All right. So uh, Trump. We got uh, Kellyanne Conway. I like Kellyanne. She is now. Um, I what did they I, what did they call it? I, I wrote it down. I was like, what the hell? A strategic. She's counselor to the president. Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president. Counselor. She's like the Contagliale. To the president. Counselor to the president. And then Sean Spicer is the press secretary. I'm a little disappointed about that, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I heard a rumor that they were going to have uh, Kimberly uh, 
Gafoyle as the press secretary, which I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have seen Kimberly Gafoyle as a press secretary. Have you ever seen Kimberly on Fox? Have you ever? I've never, I've never ever seen her wear an outfit that doesn't show off her massive mammaries. Okay? I've never, I've never, I've never seen an episode where she's got like a turtleneck on or a pantsuit jacket with the turtle. Never. Never, ever. Ever, ever, never, ever. All I've ever seen her is these, the, 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 the dress, and it barely covers the nip, and it's just massive mammaries. I would have loved to have seen that. And that hair, the big, big, big hair, that, that, that big hair, and her lips are all pumped up with the, the you know, the, how the, the, the girls get the lips pumped up with the, the injections, the lips and the big hair and the maps of memories. I would have liked to have seen that. It would have been great. It would have been great. So I'm a little disappointed that Sean, Sean Spice, okay, great. Whatever. Whatever. I would have liked, well, not as far as looks, but I would have liked to um, Ingram. I mean, she's not very attractive, uh, so it wouldn't have been as fun as Gafoyle and those those massive memories. But I would have liked to have seen Ingram fight with everybody. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, uh, Laura. She'd be like, no, no, not you. Okay, you. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, um, Laura, can you tell us uh, Mr. Trump's uh, uh, schedule for tomorrow? No. Okay, you. (laughs) Yeah, Laura, do you have a comment uh, about uh, the situation right now? No. I I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just telling you no. All right. I would have liked to have seen that, too. But instead, we got uh, Spicer. But uh, that was uh, the big news today. Spicer, press secretary, and, of course, uh, Conway as the consigliere of the president. I seen the big debate yesterday was there's not enough Hispanics. Why does he not have Hispanics? There's no Hispanics in his cabinet. Why does he not have a Hispanic? Why doesn't he have a dwarf? Where's the dwarf? Okay? Where's the dwarf? All right? Where's the dwarf? Is there no dwarf? You want a Hispanic? I want a dwarf. So I guess we're at a standstill. Where's the Hispanic? There's, there's just not enough. There's too many white guys. There's too many white guys. Isn't that a trip? That that's how we run a country. I mean, that's what the liberals have created. It's not based on qualifications. 
It's not based on if you can do the job. It's, okay, one, two, three, four, okay, four, okay, how many women? One, two, okay, here it is. Uh, we need uh, uh, one more woman, uh, two more blacks, a Mexican, and a Korean. That's how we run the country now. Forget qualifications. There's, there's no Hispanics. There's no... Somebody said yesterday, well, the, the, traditionally, uh, this cabinet position, this cabinet position traditionally goes to Hispanics. So, you know, we're waiting. What Traditionally. I mean, think about that. Traditionally. Traditionally. Forget we normally have this person with an IQ level or this education, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Instead, it's, well, traditionally we have a Hispanic. Oh, okay. Diversity. No. That's affirmative action. Okay? I know you want to change affirmative action to the word diversity. But it's affirmative action. When you're saying that position needs to go to a Hispanic, Asian a woman. That's all affirmative action. And technically, that whole concept is racist. And I know in our society, anything involving white people, you're not allowed to invoke racism but if you're saying that position is supposed to go to a Hispanic that's racist as Hack Tapper famously said to Trump by saying that judge can't serve and can't preside over your case isn't that the textbook definition of racism? Well, by having a debate and saying Donald Trump has too many white people in his cabinet. Donald Trump doesn't have enough Hispanics in his cabinet. Donald Trump doesn't have enough blacks in his cabinet. That position traditionally is held by a Hispanic. And unless a Hispanic gets that position, we're going to be outraged. That's racist. That is the textbook definition, as Hack Tapper says, is racism. That's it. 
And then I circle back to why does nobody say that should go to a dwarf? I'm telling you, anytime somebody goes, there's not enough Hispanics in his cabinet, I'm going to say, well, there's not enough fucking dwarfs. Where's the dwarfs? Yeah, you're right. I don't see one Hispanic in his cabinet. But guess what? Don't see any dwarfs either. Where's the dwarf outrage? Where's the dwarf outrage? Where's the goddamn dwarf outrage? Not enough Hispanics. Well, guess what? There's not enough. There's not enough women. Well, you know what? There's not enough trannies. What? Where about the trannies? Where's the trannies? Huh? Where's the transgenders? Not enough tra- There's no transgenders. Why don't we have a commerce secretary that's a transgender? What's going on? How about the press secretary? F. Sean Spicer. Where's the transgender? Where's the, why is there no transgenders in the Trump administration? Why is there no transgenders in the Obama administration, for that matter? God damn it. Bruce Jenner's got an SB. He's got an SB. He's got his own show. Or he had his own show. Where's the transgenders? Where are they at? Where are they at? No. There's no transgenders. There's no dwarfs. What cripples? Does cripples fall in that category? Someone with spinal bifida? Maybe somebody that walks on their hands like in shallow hell? Comes walking over. How about that? Press secretary with spinal bifida. And he just, he just, he just, they have a ramp that goes up to the podium and he puts his half body on the podium. What's, what about that? He points at everybody with his crutch. Not enough Latinos. Not enough Hispanics. Not enough Latinos. <laughs> There's not so, too many white people. There's too many men. But I think there's one position left. There's one. There is. There's one position left. One of those cabinet positions. Maybe it will go. Maybe. Maybe it will go. To a dwarf, maybe it'll go to a Hispanic, who knows, but we will find out. But there you go, Kellyanne Conway, she's the consigliere to the president, and you got uh, Spicer instead of Gafoyle.
We got Gafoyle, who's not our uh, our press secretary, said you got uh, Spicer. It's Rob's Carey. It's Rob's Carey show. <laughs> Rachel Maddow. Ugh. Man. Rachel Maddow. Why? Why do we? <laughs> why do we? Why do we got it? Why? Why do we got to Deal with the. Uh, Rachel Maddow. Ugh. All right. All right, you guys. Listen to me. It's Rob Scare. It's Rob Scare Show. It's nine oh nine p.m. We are uh, winding down. That's what we're doing. We're winding down. We gave our our update on the cabinet. Uh, uh, the, the 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 we got the one position up to fill. I like what people were uh, bitching and moaning the other day. Oh, all these, all these, these billionaires in Milhomo. How could? Why do we have this guy in? What? Did the breakdown? It's like why do why why do we not have you know lawyers? Well, why don't we have a, a lawyer? Well, why isn't a lawyer in that position? You know, the Treasury Secretary, we should have a lawyer. We should have a professor from Harvard. Why isn't he? Why why don't we have a professor? Because, you know, professors, they they know, they know so much. They know know a lot, these these guys. But anyways, it's Rob Scare. It's Rob Scare Show. We're out of here. We're going to see you guys Tuesday. Oh, and we'll have all sorts of uh, the new stuff to go through. Uh, hopefully nothing happens over uh, the weekend uh, for Christmas. No terrorist attacks. Uh, and nobody driving trucks through uh, Christmas celebrations. I know it won't happen over here in Glendale because we actually have uh, safety uh, measures over here. It's nice. But uh, be safe. We'll see you guys Monday. You are the best. Or Tuesday. My bad. We'll see you guys Tuesday. You are the best. Thank you for uh, following us, listening to us. Don't forget Spreaker. Uh, Don't forget iTunes. Don't forget iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, all those. All right. We'll see you guys uh, on uh, Tuesday. Be safe. And then Mary. Look at that. Mary. Christmas and a